Is this on? Thank you, Jesus. Isn't Jesus amazing? He's amazing. Got a couple of things to share. Um, within the last couple of weeks, where uh, God's spoken to me, and uh, the first time it was, He gave me a vision, and He took me into like where there was a there was a I was in London I think I was anyway because there was the big red buses about <laughs> and I was in the middle of a traffic jam I was thinking why, why am I here but because he, at that time I mean I spend a lot of my time in like traffic jams buses and stuff like that and I'm not gonna lie I do get a bit stressed do you know <laughs> when, when you're amongst the traffic but he showed me something and he spoke to me amongst that and he said Everything changes when you glorify me. So what he's saying is, when you get out of yourself, in, in, amongst that stress, and you glorify me, you start to take on his nature, and you get out of yourself, and you start thinking for other people. You know, That was really important, what he said to me. The, the, um, he just spoke to me last week as well, saying, it was, you know, sometimes we get caught up in our daily routines... And, um, you know, I was thinking, oh, I haven't really prayed much today. So I need, to, I, need, I, need to, I need to pray to God. And he spoke to me straight away. He just said, it's not about you have to make time to pray for me. He said, he said pray to me because I want to talk to you. And that was so amazing because it changed my perspective on prayer. And it, he was showing me how much he loves me and how much he wants to talk to me, which was just absolutely amazing. Um, I just want to say, like, you know, we are members of heaven. And it's not, it's, we, we're not members of heaven when we die. We're members of heaven when we get born again. And um, his Holy Spirit is in us, so we can be like him, you know. And um, the, he just wants to train us and teach us in righteousness. And... Um, to just become like him. So I just want to take us to a bit of scripture. If we could go to Luke 6. Uh, Luke six thirty nine. So says, and he, he spoke a parable to them, can the blind lead the blind? Would they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Isn't that amazing? So who's our teacher? Jesus. So what's he saying here? He's saying that we're going to be like him. And he's, he's the ultimate teacher, isn't he? If there was ever a best teacher ever, it's Jesus. Yeah? So he's saying that, you know, we're going to be like him. Isn't that amazing? That encourages us, doesn't it? It's so good. Um, but, uh, so that's, that's what I believe we need to get hungry for. That teaching in righteousness, you know. And let the king of your heart reign in your life, you know. Um, 
I just wanted to share. When I was at the last um, glory meeting here, at the end of the meeting, I was just looking around at the people, and I was like, you know what? I can actually see God in the people that are here. I can see the nature of God amongst the people. And it's, it's, a, it's, so, it's so amazing. You know, and I, I look at Alan and Shirley, and I see God in Alan and Shirley. And it's so amazing. And I just wanted to give you a thank you for, for, for like, because you're like a mother and father to us all. And just being in this place. <laughs> and it's, God's just like situated me here. And it's so amazing because there's so much life in this church. And it's, and it's, all, it's all in the power of Jesus. And I just want to thank Helen and Shirley for that as well. So, um, yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah. All right. We'll, um, we'll sing nothing but the blood of Jesus. So if we stand up and pour your hearts out to God, you know. Just sing, sing your hearts out to him. It's Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, I was really moved by Zach. Zach, you were amazing to take that step of faith so young. From his heart, he wants to to be there for the Lord. He wants to follow the Lord. So uh, you really moved me, Zach. I was in tears. and, and, And he just reminds us all how the Lord wants us to step out in faith. This is what he wants. This is, this is the real purpose of our lives, to be here to represent God on the earth, you know. Um, some of us, we have gone through a life of sin, or perhaps all of us, we have sinned at some point. And then the Lord has called us to serve him, to worship him, to talk about his, his, his name. That was my case. Uh, about eight years ago, I moved from Colombia, where I'm at. I'm originally from, and, and only until recent, I realized that the Lord brought me here to make me grow in him and to make me uh, work for him. This is, I realized that was my real purpose to be here. Um, and within that process, the Lord has shown me his glory. I didn't believe that there was such a big thing on earth that you could experience, such as the Lord's glory. But it's a process that you go through. And when you see it closer and closer, you see how real it is. And this is exactly what I want to talk about this morning, about God's glory. God's glory is just goodness. It's just the splendor of his spirit. It's just um, looking at his kingdom, looking at heaven, like Dan was saying. We have heaven on earth when we are followers of the Lord. Um, And you know, that glory, because we are working for him now, we are living for him, that glory will be manifested through us. So be ready when you're going through something difficult, don't be afraid because the Lord is using you to cross to the other side and then to give him the glory. He wants people to hear and to believe that he is real, that he is with us, that he's not something in a book, that he's not a little picture in there. He is real. His spirit lives within us. So for me, that's been such a real experience. And I am talking really from my heart today and from the spirit. The Lord has delivered me from a really challenging situation. Um, You know, and when I was in my toughest times during this trial, um, I realized what he was doing. So I just let him have his way and I let him use me 
for his glory. And here I am. This is the proof. This is the testimony and the victory that this is what he's done. Um, I've got a really, really powerful scripture that he showed me whilst I was going through this. And it's in John 11:40. I'm going to read it very quickly because he's so powerful. I want you to take it home and I want you to keep it in your heart. Because he says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? This is so amazing. This is all he's asking. Believe and you will see my glory. You will see my goodness. You will get the victory. I am with you. So, from my testimony, I can tell you about six months ago, I started um, battling again, fear and anxiety that has been haunting me for a few years now. And I've sort of got through because the Lord keeps me strong, because He's my rock, and, and I always pray to Him. But it got so bad back in June. It was so scary. I had about three incidents where I could have literally crushed and that was it for me. But the Lord was always with me. The angels were always around me. This, uh, sorry, I, I forgot to mention the anxiety was developing whilst I was driving. I drive to work every day. It's a 15 minutes journey. But I feel like I couldn't handle it no more. It was so scary, so... It was physically destroying me. I know something was after me. But I just pray to the Lord because I know that the Lord only has thoughts of peace and love for me. So I just pray to him that he would help me get from that situation. Get out from that situation. So I kept trying. I kept going out in, in the very, very late at night, driving, trying to fight that, trying to fight that fear. But some days it got so bad. Especially one night, I ended up in A&E, where they told me, it looks like you had a mini stroke. I, I didn't want to believe that. I didn't want to believe that because, no, this is not possible. So, that's fine. I was discharged on the same day. But the family was very worried for me, and especially myself. The only thing that was keeping me strong and going was my faith in God, that he would get me through this. So, uh, family said, you can't drive no more. You're not driving, we're selling the car, and that's what we did. So now I have to face this journey to work, three hours on the bus and on a train in the morning, and then in the evening. So I said, I'm going to do it because I need my job, obviously. I need financial support. So I carry on doing it, but physically it was really exhausting. So now we're back in August, moving, you see, it's been, it's been a long one. But I... Whilst I was praying, then I felt like the Lord was telling me, well, why don't you look for a closer job, you know? And I thought, yeah, that might be, that might be the answer. So I started looking. I only sent about two, three CVs when an agency called me. They said, oh, there's this job in Basildon. Um, They're looking your skills. Okay, fine. Same day, another agency calls me. I've got this job in Basildon. Fine. Next day, another agency, we've got this job in Basildon. Okay, when I realized the three agencies had the same job, I thought, hey, Lord, you're really, really talking to me now. So I'm starting to hear more. And I just put my faith on that because this is what happens. You get through uh, his manifestation, through people, people that are not even Christians. It reveals to you what he wants to do for you. It reveals his will. So I just started praying. They finally called me for an interview. I chose one agency. They called me for an interview. I, 
I prepared myself, but my main preparation was to pray. Pray that the light of the Lord will shine on me in front of these people in the company. Everything went really well. Uh, two interviews I passed, um, and then they said, okay, they really like you, but they need to think about it. They just need to talk to their bosses. Just, we'll let you know next week. And it went like that for five weeks, where I was just waiting and still traveling and tired, but still with my faith. My faith was getting bigger. This is the thing. The weakest and the most, more tired I was, the stronger I felt in my spirit, in my faith. So finally, last week, I stopped focusing on the job. I stopped focusing on just just the superficial, and I, stopped, and I started focusing on his power, believing that his power would move anything that was causing an obstacle, would move anything that was stopping my blessing from coming to me, and I started praying and worshiping the Lord and saying, Lord, you're good, and declaring his word, and on Wednesday evening last week, I just felt him so close that I wanted to spend all day with him. I stay from about 10 p.m. till half three in the morning just praying and worshiping. I just wanted to let him know that no matter what happened, he is the love of my life. And whatever he was doing, I would completely take it. Uh, whilst I was praying, I felt like a heat on my back. And I was on my knees. And I felt this heat on my back. And suddenly, I feel like something is being lifted up from my back. Uh, like a weight. I, I knew it was the Holy Spirit that was there. I felt like I was heavy and then I felt really light. Next day at 9 a.m., I got a call from the agency and they say they want to give you the job. The first thing I did, I got on my knees and I want to get on my knees right now because I saw the glory of God. And I'm so, so thankful, Lord. Thank, thank you for getting me through this. It wouldn't be possible without you. And nothing, nothing is possible without him. And just believe. That's all he wants. Believe. Believe and you will see his glory. Praise the Lord. Thank you to the church for their prayers, for their support. And even those who didn't know, your hugs gave me, gave me strength because I knew it was the love of the Lord getting me through. So all the glory to him. All the glory. I um, <clears throat> don't really have much to say. Um, I was just asked to speak about how the Lord's been faithful to me. A lot of people talk about their faith um, in God, but his faithfulness is also in, more important, I think, probably. Uh, he's always been faithful to me, really. Um, in the last few years, I think it's becoming um, like more real to me. I've always sort of worried about a lot of things a lot of the time. Um, and it's beginning to sort of subside a bit. I don't worry quite as much anymore. And that's not really me. That is strength from the Lord, I think. Um, <clears throat> I don't really have anything to read from this. I just thought I'd bring it up. Because, <laughs> um, because I was trying to think of something to read from it that's about the Lord's faith. But really, all of it is, I was thinking. <laughs> sort of from the start. But there is um, just... The one I always think about is that King David, he fought the Goliath, um, and the Lord was with him in that, but 
his faith really came from the fact that the Lord had been with him from before then. You know, he'd, he'd been a shepherd and he'd, he'd been anointed by um, Samuel. Uh, and then he, he was in the field, he was a shepherd, and it, the Lord had protected him from all the dangers. You know, he got attacked by wild animals, I think. And the Lord had always been with him, so it didn't really matter when it came to fighting because he knew the Lord would be with him always. I think that's something we can all think of because we, st we still have that. Um, and even when David went astray several times, the Lord was still with him and his faithfulness was still with him. And with the disciples later, they all abandoned uh, Jesus to die and yet he still came back and they were still they still did mighty miracles after he was gone. You know, he didn't abandon them the way they abandoned him. And I think we can all have that with us every day. Yeah, amen. Yeah, well, God is good. But God is very good, you know. And I think in terms of the Lord, only he has the answers in our lives. I think a lot of us, not necessarily here, but in the world, we search for things. We search for comforts in money. Comforts in cars and houses, stuff like that. It's no good, you know, maybe having a big house or a big car. Sometimes, you know, we may need it in life, but it's, it's the love of it. It's the love of money. And, you know, and in my job, I deal with people that have investments, you know, of large amounts of money sometimes. And you can tell they love it. They've got their security in it. But it, it won't last. You know, it's only just for this earth, you know. And when, it's, when we get in contact with Jesus, when we have Jesus in our life. It's an eternal thing. It's an everlasting thing. I think that's just the message that the Lord's having on my heart, you know, that it's all about him, not about me. And looking to him, you know, for answers and securities and stuff like that. So, yeah, just, it's just that faith, that hope, you know, sometimes we wake up and we struggle with life, things come up and stuff like that. But having that faith, you know, that we've got our eternal glory in the Lord and that's, that's what gets me through I think sometimes in life that gives me that you know that faith, that everlasting hope so yeah, Amen Yeah, I just want to say, I mean I was very fortunate, I was very blessed, both my set of grandparents were, were both Christian but the thing I always remember is my nan always used to say, oh trust in Jesus and I wouldn't mind they went to the Lord when I was really young, but they always were, were saying these things to me, and I think it's really important, like, like says, our testimony, but not just to each other in church, but to our families, to tell, tell your family of things that happen, because they will remember. So I remember my grandfather um, in, in the war, and the chaplain there, and everyone was like, oh, let's go, you know, when the airing sirens went off, they'd say, oh, let's go to the, the chaplain, we'll, we'll be with him, because... Um, they always felt safe with him because they could see <clears throat> God in him because he was such an inspirational man and I think he kind of like brought my, my grandfather to Christ and he was a good friend of my granddad. And, um, and I think, well, I remember these things and I remember the things that my parents told me and my mum and they kind of like store up in your heart. So when you come against, <clears throat> when you enter and um, come across you know, bad instances in your life, and you think, oh, okay, I remember what my, my mother did. She went to Christ. She, she called on God, and God came, and he helped her in her hours of need. And I found that, that's, you know, I've been able to do that. Call on God. Call on Jesus, and he'll, he'll be there. You know, yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, 
Well, um, this October I started my masters, and in the first few weeks I was think I was almost regretting my choice of doing it. I thought um, I started thinking, was this the right decision? Do I really want to do this? Everyone there is so experienced that you feel almost as if you don't know enough, um, because most of the people are older. And I went straight from an undergrad into a masters, and but I went back and I said. Um, God, before I started my master's, I did pray about it a lot before I made the decision to go back and do it. So I was like, God, you told me that this was a good choice and I know it's not wrong. And if, I, um, if it wasn't meant to be, then I most likely wouldn't be here. So I had to go back and remind myself that, you know, God is with me and that he knows why I'm there and there must be a reason for it. So I should just keep going. And I think there's a certain peace that you get when you remind yourself of God and his love for you and that, you know, he's there to give you strength and keep going. And I think after a few weeks, after keep on, I kept on reminding myself that it's fine. I think that peace finally came over me and now I'm like, okay, doing it. And I'm, I remember why I wanted to do it and I enjoy it more than in the beginning. So I think, everything. thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for his goodness and his love. Going to be speaking a bit about his love, like I said. Um, if we could go to John, one John four twelve. This is a scripture that the Lord's put on my heart. I was praying. I wasn't even going to share nothing today, but you know, like we were saying, we step out in faith. And I just thought, you know what? You just step out. You got nothing to lose because the Lord is with us anyway. But the Lord just put this on my heart yesterday anyway um, to share with you guys. Um, He says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son, our Saviour of the world, that whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for, for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Now, oh, that's just beautiful. Um, God's love, as Christians... And even if you're not a Christian, it is so important. We need that love. When I first met with Jesus, first of all, I said a prayer, and it was like a gradual thing. I said a prayer, and I, I used to smoke a lot, drink a lot, party a lot. I was just a bit of a party animal, and, you know, I wasn't really that focused in life, what I was doing. And I didn't realize where I was going. I wasn't even thinking about the future. I was just thinking about every day. But um, God turned, Jesus turned up in my life anyway. And I said a prayer to Jesus. And, well, Luke advised me to do it because he, he realized I'd done something when I was younger. Sometimes we can sin and we don't actually realize. We're like, oh, I'm a good person. I thought I was a good person. So I'm thinking if there is a God, he's all right with me because I'm not bad. But really, we don't realize what's bad in God's eyes. You know, even just a bad thought is a sin in, in, in the eyes of the Lord, you know. Anyway, I prayed to the Lord, and I just repented to some of the things I'd done in the past, and I was like, didn't think nothing of it, done that. Next day, I woke up, and I felt like a weight had lifted off my shoulders. 
I just felt lighter. I didn't even realize I was carrying this heavy weight because it was a lie. It was a lie that, oh, I've just, it's just what I've been through. I need to carry, you know, this is what the world tells, this is what the world says. Like, oh, it's just what you've been through. That's just you. You have to carry that. But no, that's why Jesus died on the cross. Because he said, my burdens are light. You know, he, he takes that off of us. I didn't understand it at the time because I didn't actually know the scripture. But I know that was the start of Jesus doing something amazing in my life. And a little after that, a couple of days later, me and Luke got invited to a gospel concert in Southend. And before that, I was a bit skeptical about going into a church. I thought, no, they're not for me, really. Bless them. They're nice people, the Christians, but it's just not for me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, God knows how to get you to a church, doesn't he? Well, he knows I love my music and I love the latest. I just love people that, creative people. I love it. So God, anyway, we bumped into one of Luke's friends. He said, yeah, there's a gospel concert going on, latest talent. I said, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. We should. Luke was like, yeah, you want to come? Because Luke was already Christian by now. And he was like, yeah, yeah, do you want to go? So we went. And um, yeah, God just spoke to me for the first time, bam, in my heart. And I was like, wow. I thought Luke could set it up. I was thinking, do you know these people? <laughs> Because everything I had questions about, I was asking Luke about certain things he couldn't even answer. He was like, I don't know. You're just going to have to pray and God will show you. But it was like God was just going, bam, 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 that day into my heart. And I was like, he's talking to me. And people were sharing, young people up there sharing their testimonies, how Jesus has turned their lives around from alcohol and drug trafficking, lots of different testimonies. And I was like, wow. And one guy was like, I smoked loads of weed and this and that and I was sitting there thinking, he said, Jesus healed me from that. And I thought, if God can do that for you, maybe he can do that for me. And that was just that maybe, that mustard seed of faith. That's all I had. And yeah, anyway, after that finished, I was so overwhelmed by the love in that place. I was talking about the love. And the love of all that I was most impressed by was the love that the church had for one another. I just thought, nah, is that real? Because where I'm coming from, it ain't real. You know, it's not about that. <laughs> if someone's smiling too much in the world, you think, what they're up to? They're up to something. They're too nice. Something's got to be wrong here. <laughs> and I was coming from that, you know, hip-hop, R&B background. It's like, you know, it's all about being a certain way, holding yourself a certain way. You don't, you know, anyway, the way they were carried on these Christians, I was just like, is that real love? Like, so I was really, really watching them hard. They didn't realise, but... <laughs> I was a very sceptical kind of person, so I thought, it's, you know, it's, are they faking it? Because most people that I knew that did that, they were just fake. They weren't known Jesus, they were just being fake, and they were up to something. Anyway, yeah, going back to that scripture, you know, the love is just so important that we share to one another, and we have that at our church, and... Um, Eventually, I looked, when I was watching those people, I looked and I thought, it is real. It is actually real. And I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't comprehend what was going on. I was thinking, wow. But it was the love, going back to the love. You know. And it also says at the end of the scripture that without the love, we can't see Christ. So what it was, it was Christ. That was what I was seeing in these people. Because they were actually really genuinely loving one another, I was able to see, see Christ. That was what I was drawn to, thinking it was love. But actually, God is love. And that's what it was. And I just thought that was just 
looking back now, it's so amazing. But obviously at the time, I didn't realise what was going on. So I was just like, oh, this is different. But, and then I remember when I got off the train that day, my friends were phoning me and texting me, oh, do you want to meet me at the pub, blah, blah, blah. And I was going to go just to tell them about my experience. But I thought, no, do you know what? I need to make a decision which way I'm going to turn. Am I going to go to the pub that way and maybe get drunk and maybe forget what happened? Or go home and just soak up what's just happened? So I got off the train because um, the pub was right near the train station. My house was not far from Tracy Neva. So I was like, right, no, I'm not going to go in the pub. I'm going to go home. And as I walked home, everything just felt different because it was like I took that step of faith to follow Jesus. And from then, it's just been a gradual thing that Jesus has just been showing up in my heart. And each and every one of us, I know, is such an amazing, precious thing. And I even heard the song being sung, Hallelujah, you know. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The thing is, <laughs> I know it was in the spirit. I was thinking, oh, my days, what's going on? But, you know, the trees look different. I've always loved landscape, but everything just come alive. And that is what it is. There's so much life in Jesus. The world can't give you that life. When you're in the world, it's just dead. You're searching for this, you're searching for that. And we can even fall into that as Christians, you know. So I just, I'm here today to encourage our brothers and sisters, you know, just turn back to that love, that first love, because there ain't nothing, nothing like it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give him all the glory, though. We give him all the glory because he's just amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Just lift him up. Just just give God the glory right now. Just thank him. Everybody thank Jesus for what he's been doing in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You got a testimony, sister? Yes. To encourage <laughs> and greetings. Bless you. Love you to see. God Miss bless you. you. Sorry. That was how I traveled <laughs> from Africa. So I just came from the airport. Um, greetings from Nigeria to everybody. Three months has just gone past, like three days. Nice to see you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank God. Um, you're talking about love. I went to a meeting in Africa, and the meeting was about love. I just wrote down a few things from that meeting, if I can find it. Yeah. The pastor read from Ephesians 4, verse 13, which says, An ounce of love is worth more than a pound of knowledge. And in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, it says, Even knowledge shall cease, but love never fails. And he then said, Knowledge is good. But love is better. Men are moved by love, not by knowledge. And he says, let's love even if it hurts. Okay? That's my message for you today. No matter what anybody does to you, think about God. And think about the love of God that he himself gave us his son to die on the cross. Because none of us on this earth have gone through what Jesus Christ went through. And he's the child of God. He went to the cross for me, for you, for everybody. So please, message of love. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
Love everybody around you. Give a smile. It doesn't hurt to smile. You will not grow too old if you smile. Pastor smiles all the time. Look at him. He's looking young. Auntie Shell, look at her. You won't believe. So it does not, you know, hurt to smile and say hello, a hug, a kiss, you know, and love each other. God bless you. And please, I'm going to employ you, please, whenever you're praying, please pray for Nigeria. The country is in pain. Yes, everybody is hurting. So please, anytime you pray, remember that country so that God will, you know, remember the country. Yeah, God bless you. Yes, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you for being here, Lord. Uh, Lord, we just pray for Nigeria right now, Lord Jesus, for the Christians that are suffering out there, Lord. We pray that you show up in a mighty way, Lord Jesus. Have your way upon that, that place, Lord Jesus. And may everybody confess that you are Lord in Nigeria, Lord. May every tongue confess that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's just bow our heads and just shut our eyes just for a moment because if we could all do this just together because I believe there's some important things that have been shared this morning. There's been a lot that's been spoke about and there might be a lot of things that have really um, touched your heart and touched your life. And it might be as if God is speaking directly to you. I remember being in a meeting and thinking that man has just been reading my mouth. But I knew it was the voice of God speaking to my heart and speaking to my life. I knew that I knew that I had to respond to what the Lord has been talking to me about through the meeting, through various different people. And this is a chance now for anyone in this room just to say yes to Jesus Christ and invite him into their heart and into their lives and say, Lord, I can't do it any longer without you. I know that you're real. I know that you're speaking to me. Please come into my life. So I'd like us all to pray together if we can. Just just pray along with me. If that's you and you know that God is speaking to you, just say to me, say, say along with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come before you. I know that I've made mistakes. I know I've gone my own way in life. And I've messed up. I need you now. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for all the things I've done wrong in my life that have caused caused an offence to you. I turn to you now. I give my life to you now. Come in to, to my life by your Holy Spirit. Make my life new. Fill the void in me and help me live this life that's glorifying to you now. Thank you, Jesus, for this new life. Help me. Honor you. Adore you. And love you 
for the rest of my days till I spend my time with you in eternity. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for dying for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if that was you, um, firstly, I'd like to welcome you into the family of God. And it's not so much a quick prayer that gains you access, but it's who you put your faith and trust in that gives you entrance into heaven. It's who you give yourself over to. And I made that decision a long time ago. Um, it was, uh, well, it wasn't that long ago compared to some of these guys here, but it was, seemed like a long time ago to me. But it was a very, very real experience for me. And I tell you what, if you do business with God, he will do business with you. If you get real with God, God will get real with you. And this is not like a superficial thing. This is something where we have to do business with God here. We have to turn, turn and look at our lives and be real with ourselves and our condition of where we actually are in our lives before God. And this is important. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be real with ourselves. Am I right with God? And if you're not, then you need to get right with God. You need to come before the Lord. And you need to come before him and believe upon him and turn your life over to him. So I just want to just leave you with that there. If you did pray that prayer, I'd love to talk to you at the end. Come and see one of us because I believe the Lord is communicating through his people. And that's the primary, that's the primary way when God starts to talk. He often speaks directly through his people. Not always, but he often speaks through his body to people. And listen, you've got a wonderful life in Jesus, but you're going to have to forsake some things, and that's the truth. You're going to have to turn away from some things. We can't have it all our own way. But from now on, we can have it his way, and that's where our joy is, amen? That's where the abundant life is. That's where the full life is. It's when you give up your life. I traded in my life. My life's been spent. My life's a currency. I've given it over to the Lord, and he's given me a brand new one. I've traded it in. I've got something in return. That's eternal life. Amen. God bless you all. It's good to see you all anyway. Jesus' name. Hello. Um, do you know what? Since I walked in, I had a feeling of just needing to speak out. Not just because, well, mostly because it's a youth Sunday. And you know what? The church is filling out with a lot more youth. And I would consider myself to be a Christian. But I also have children who I bring up as well. And, you know, as a parent, you think, how can I not make them, you know, want to be for God, but also for them to make that decision themselves? And my mum did that for us. I mean, we've been coming here for years and years. And my sister's in the back there, my brother's on the drums. But my mum isn't here. But we've decided, you know, to carry on with that journey with God. And I want to really speak about what Luke was saying because, you know, that prayer is a serious prayer. You can't take it as something really light because your life genuinely changes, but it changes because you want it to change. And a relationship with God, I'm a bit of a realist as well. Life gets in the way, bills get in the way, friends get in the way, problems arise. But I'm a true believer of having a relationship with God. It's not just a Sunday thing. And it's something as simple as, you know what, I'm late for my train. God, you know, you know I've got to get to that 
get to work really early today. Just hold up that train for a little bit. Just let me get there. All of a sudden, you get to a train station, there's delays, but the train arrives there just as you walk on the platform. Something as simple as that, but you give glory to God for it. It is... Like, I didn't grow up with a great of a father, but I had to learn along the way that having a relationship with God is, is he is your father. Talking to him when you feel down, talking to him when think, good things happen. So instead of just being like, oh, hi, friend, something good happened to me today, you'd be like, hi, God. Thank you for what's happened to me today. Oh, yeah, I got some new shoes. Praise God. You know, something as little as that, just including him in every single thing you do. You eat food, but there are people out there who don't have money to eat. You say, thank you, God, for providing for me. Please provide for those who don't have. It's something as simple as, oh, you know what? I could really, I could really do with something else. But you know what, God? Thank you for what you've given to me already. It is, someone said, someone opens the door for you and you just say, thank you, God bless you. In passing, do you know what? As you're walking away, they're like, why did they say God bless me? Like, that's a bit weird, isn't it? But they look at you, they think, that person's a good person. Whatever they've got, I want. And especially for the young people, I would always say surround yourself with other young people. And it's not just having a relationship with God. They've got to be sold out for God. They've got to be completely sold out for God. But it's not the fake sold out for God. It's not the, oh, God bless you, every conversation. It's the, you know what, I'm struggling with serious things. And I want to sit with you as my sister in Christ or my brother in Christ. And I want to talk to you about it. And when you're finished talking, you pray together, but you know that person loves you just as much as you love them. And it's surrounding yourself, even if there's a big, there's a big conference, you're struggling to get there. Just be like, hey, you know you're my sister. So there's this thing going on, and I feel like we should go there together. I feel like we need that extra little bit of holy in our lives. Let's just go. And You know, when you get to that kind of environment, when you're around other people for God, all of a sudden you feel like, am I worthy? But then you want to be like those other people who are like, praise the Lord at any situation. And they're singing a song and you're, you feel like you need to lift up your hands. You want to lift up your hands, but you're like, am I going to embarrass myself? All of a sudden you're, you start lifting the TV. Then you start waving to the Holy Ghost, you know. <laughs> All of a sudden, you find yourself up here. You want to be up there, but you're not sure whether people around you are going to judge you, but you don't care because you're around other people of Christ. It's about surrounding yourself and having that serious relationship. And I'm not talking about a Sunday relationship. I'm talking about a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday evening, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, when you just finish church and you're going to KFC or Nando's, and you really, really still want to have that relationship with God. And you're like... Or you see someone in the road and you're like, that person looks really upset. Take a second to go and bring that person into the kingdom of God. Take a second. You don't have to pray the Lord's Prayer with them then and there. But you've sowed a seed in their lives that they think, I want to I praise whoever that person's praising. And you pray with them. Even if they don't want to be prayed for, you go home and you still pray for them. Don't forget about them. Because 
Places like North Korea have the biggest growing churches, even though they shouldn't even... They, they get, um, get penalised for having a Bible. Here, we're open to do it, but for some reason, when young people in general... I know this because I'm talking from experience. When we go out, we decide, hold on a minute, I don't really want to talk to these people about God because they might not respect me. They might not, you know, want to be my friend anymore. So what? So, do you know what? If you sow a seed into that life and that person comes to Christ because they had that one conversation, they never ever saw you again, but you're the reason that they've decided to look more into God, look more into the Bible, have their own relationship with God, then you've actually become a better Christian because the good news is just not for us. The good news is for everyone, and you have to share that good news at every opportunity you have. And I just want to encourage everyone because... (laughs) Thank you. I just want to encourage everyone because sometimes being a Christian isn't cool. In the, especially in the day of age we live today, being a Christian is not cool. You know, having any f- other conversation apart from alcohol, going out clubbing at our age isn't cool. But I think the certain element of it should be like, but if God is that important to you, it is the coolest thing you can ever talk about. It is the coolest conversation you can have. It is the cool. It is, and that's the reality of it. And I think, number one, make sure you have that relationship with God. Keep him in your day-to-day. But number two, also speak to everyone out there who might not have a relationship with God and encourage them that God loves you. Something as simple as that, God loves you, and walk away with that. Then they, some people feel like no one should love them. If you go to prostitutes... They think no one should love them. They're not worth anything. But that God loves you and just walk away with that can sow a seed. And it's that seed that needs to be sown to bring them into the life of Christ. Amen.